It's May the 31st. Let's read the Bible. Friends, welcome back to this year-long journey through God's Word from Genesis to Revelation in just one year. As we come to the end of the month of May, we're not halfway through, but we're moving toward halfway through. I want to say thank you. Thank you for hanging in there. Thank you for your words of encouraging. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for sharing these videos. Thank you for joining us on this awesome adventure, the Bible bus we've been riding, and we're going to, by God's grace, ride the Bible bus all the way to the end of the book of Revelation. And so I come to this last day of May and to the end of the book of Second Kings with profound gratitude to the Lord and to you for being part of this. Now today, Second Kings 22, 23, 24, and 25, there's a bright light and then darkness. A bright light, King Josiah. And after Josiah, darkness, judgment, and sadness. Let's read it. 2 Kings 22. Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jedida, the daughter of Adiah. She was from Boscath. He did what was right in the Lord's sight and walked in all the ways of his ancestor David. He did not turn to the right or the left. In the 18th year of King Josiah, the king sent the court secretary Shaphan, son of Azaliah, son of Meshulam, to the Lord's temple, saying, Go up to the high priest Hilkiah, so that he may total up the silver brought into the Lord's temple, the silver the doorkeepers have collected from the people. It is to be given to those doing the work, those who oversee the Lord's temple. They, in turn, are to give it to the workmen in the Lord's temple to repair the damage. They are to give it to the carpenters, builders, and masons to buy timber and quarried stone to repair the temple. But no accounting is to be required from them for the silver given to them since they work with integrity. The high priest Hilkiah told the court secretary Shaphan, I have found the book of the law in the Lord's temple. And he gave the book to Shaphan, who read it. Then the court secretary Shaphan went to the king and reported, Your servants have emptied out the silver that was found in the temple and have given it to those doing the work, those who oversee the Lord's temple. Then the court secretary Shaphan told the king, The priest Hilkiah has given me a book. And Shaphan read it in the presence of the king. When the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his clothes. Then he commanded the priest Hilkiah, Ahikam son of Shaphan, Akbor son of Micaiah, the court secretary Shaphan, and the king's servant Asiah, go and inquire of the Lord for me, for the people and for all Judah about the words in this book that has been found. For great is the Lord's wrath that is kindled against us because our ancestors have not obeyed the words of this book in order to do everything written about us. So the priest Hilkiah, Ahikam, Akbor, Shaphan, and Asiah went to the prophetess Huldah, wife of Shalom, son of Tikvah, son of Arhas, keeper of the wardrobe. She lived in Jerusalem in the second district. They spoke with her. She said to them, this is what the Lord God of Israel says. Say to the man who sent you to me, this is what the Lord says. I am about to bring disaster on this place and on its inhabitants, fulfilling all the words of the book that the king of Judah has read. Because they have abandoned me and burned incense to other gods in order to anger me with all the works work of their hands, my wrath will be kindled against this place and it will not be quenched. Say this to the king of Judah who sent you to inquire of the Lord. This is what the Lord God of Israel says. As for the words you heard, because your heart was tender and you humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard what I spoke against this place and against its inhabitants, that they would become a desolation and a curse because you've torn your clothes and wept before me. I myself have heard. This is the Lord's declaration. Therefore, 
I will indeed gather you to your ancestors, and you will be gathered to your grave in peace. Your eyes will not see all the disaster that I am bringing on this place. Then they reported to the king. What now will Josiah do? 1 Kings 23. So the king sent messengers, and they gathered all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem to him. Then the king went to the Lord's temple with all the men of Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, as well as the priests and the prophets, all the people from the youngest to the oldest. He read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant that had been found in the Lord's temple. Next, the king stood by the pillar and made a covenant in the Lord's presence to follow the Lord and to keep his commands, his decrees, and his statutes with all his heart, with all his soul, to carry out the words of the covenant, of this covenant that were written in this book. All the people agreed to the covenant. Then the king commanded the high priest, Hilkiah, and the priests of the second rank and the doorkeeper to bring out of the Lord's sanctuary all the articles made for Baal, Asherah, and all the stars in the sky. He burned them outside Jerusalem in the fields of the Kidron and carried their ashes to Bethel. Then he did away with the idolatrous priests the kings of Judah had appointed to burn incense at the high places in the cities of Judah and in the areas surrounding Jerusalem. They had burned incense to Baal and to the sun, moon, constellations, and all the stars in the sky. He brought out the Asherah pole from the Lord's temple to the Kidron Valley outside Jerusalem. He burned it at the Kidron Valley, beat it to dust, and threw its dust on the graves of the common people. He also tore down the houses of the male cult prostitutes that were in the Lord's temple, in which the women were weaving tapestries for Asherah. Then Josiah brought all the priests from the cities of Judah, and he defiled the high places from Geba to Beersheba, where the priests had burnt incense. He tore down the high places of the city gates at the entrance of the gate of Joshua, the governor of the city, on the left of the city gate. The priests of the high places, however, did not come up to the altar of the Lord in Jerusalem. Instead, they ate unleavened bread with their fellow priests. He defiled Topheth, which is in Ben-Hinnom Valley, so that no one could sacrifice his son or daughter in the fire to Molech. He did away with the horses that the kings of Judah had dedicated to the sun. They had been at the entrance of the Lord's temple in the precincts by the chamber of Nathan Balak the eunuch. He also burned the chariots of the sun. The king tore down the altars that the kings of Judah had made on the roof of Ahaz's upper chamber. He also tore down the altars that Manasseh had made in the two courtyards of the Lord's temple. Then he smashed them there and threw their dust into the Kidron Valley. The king also defiled the high places that were that were across from Jerusalem to the south of the Mount of Destruction, which King Solomon of Israel had built for Ashtoreth the abhorrent idol of the Sidonians for Chemosh, the abhorrent, abhorrent idol of Moab and from Yulcom, the detestable idol of the Ammonites. He broke the sacred pillars into pieces, cut down the ash with poles, then filled their places with human bones. He even tore down the altar at Bethel in the high place that had been made by Jeroboam, son of Nebat, who caused Israel to sin. He burned the high place, crushed it to dust, and burned the Asherah. As Josiah turned, he saw the tombs there on the mountain. He sent someone to take the bones out of the tombs, and he burned them on the altar. He defiled it according to the word of the Lord proclaimed by the man of God who proclaimed these things. Then he said, What is this monument I see? The men of the city told him, It is the tomb of the man of God who came from Judah and proclaimed these things that you have done to the altar at Bethel. So he said, Let him rest. Don't let anyone disturb his bones. So they left his bones undisturbed with the bones of the prophet who came from Samaria. Josiah also removed all the shrines of the high places that were in the cities of Samaria, which the kings of Israel had made to anger the Lord. Josiah did the same things to them that he had done at Bethel. He slaughtered on the altars all the priests of those high places, and he burned human bones on the altar altars. Then he returned to Jerusalem. 
The king commanded all the people, observe the Passover of the Lord your God as written in the book of the covenant. No such Passover had ever been observed from the time of the judges who judged Israel through the entire time of the kings of Israel and Judah. But in the 18th year of King Josiah, the Lord's Passover was observed in Jerusalem. In addition, Josiah eradicated the mediums, the spiritists, household idols, images, and all the abhorrent things that were seen in the land of Judah and in Jerusalem. He did this to carry out the words of the law that were written in the book that the priest Hilkiah found in the Lord's temple. Before him, there was no king like him who turned to the Lord with all his heart, with all his soul, with all his strength, according to all the law of Moses, and no one like him arose after him. In spite of all that, the Lord did not turn from the fury of his intense burning anger, which burned against Judah because of all the affronts with which Manasseh had angered him. For the Lord had said, I will also remove Judah from my presence, just as I have removed Israel. I will reject the city Jerusalem that I have chosen and the temple about which I said my name will be there. The rest of the events of Josiah's reign, along with all his accomplishments, are written in the historical records of Judah's kings. During his reign, Pharaoh Necho, king of Egypt, marched up to help the king of Assyria at the Euphrates River. King Josiah went to confront him at Megiddo. And at Megiddo, when Necho saw him, he killed him. From Megiddo, his servants carried his dead body in a chariot, brought him to, into Jerusalem, and buried him in his own tomb. Then the common people took Jehoahaz, son of Josiah, appointed, anointed him, and made him king in place of his father. Jehoahaz was 23 years old when he became king. He reigned three months in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Hamutal, daughter of Jeremiah. She was from Libna. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight, just as his ancestors had done. Pharaoh Necho imprisoned him at Riblah in the land of Hamath to keep him from reigning in Jerusalem. And he imposed on the land a fine of 7,500 pounds of silver and 75 pounds of gold. Then Pharaoh Necho made Eliakim, son of Josiah, king in place of his father Josiah, and changed Eliakim's name to Jehoiakim. But Necho took Jehoahaz and went to Egypt, and he died there. So Jehoiakim gave the silver and the gold to Pharaoh, but at Pharaoh's command, he taxed the land to give it. He had exacted the silver and the gold from the common people, each according to his assessment, to give it to Pharaoh Necho. Jehoiakim was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abida, daughter of Padiah. She was from Rumah. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight, just as his ancestors had done. After all, all the good that Josiah had done, the amazing Reformation. This just shows you how deeply idolatry and rebellious spirit, how deeply it was ingrained into the people of Judah and how quickly they slid back. For, uh, 2 Kings 24, during Jehoiakim's reign, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon attacked. Jehoiakim became his vassal for three years. Many turned and rebelled against him. The Lord sent Chaldean, Aramean, Moabite, Ammonite raiders against Jehoiakim. He sent them against Judah to destroy it, according to the words of the Lord he'd spoken to his servants, the prophets. Indeed, this happened to Judah at the Lord's command to remove them from his presence. It was because of the sins of Manasseh, according to all he had done, and also because of all the innocent blood he had shed. He had filled Jerusalem with innocent blood, and the Lord was not willing to forgive. The rest of the events of Jehoiakim's reign, along with all his accomplishments, are written in the historical Record of Judah's kings, Jehoiakim rested with his ancestors, and his son Jehoiachin became king in his place. Now, the king of Egypt did not march out of his land again, for the king of Babylon took everything that had belonged to the king of Egypt from the brook of Egypt to the Euphrates River. 
Jehoiachin was 18 years old when he became king. He reigned three months in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Nehushta, daughter of Elnathan. She was from Jerusalem. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight, just as his father had done. At that time, the servants of King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon marched up to Jerusalem, and the city came under siege. King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came to the city while his servants were besieging it. King Jehoiachin of Judah, along with his mother, his servants, and his commanders, and his officials, surrendered to the king of Babylon. So, the king of Babylon took him captive in the eighth year of his reign. He also carried off from there all the treasures of the Lord's temple and the treasures of the king's palace, and he cut into pieces all the gold articles that King Solomon of Israel had made for the Lord's sanctuary, just as the Lord had predicted. He deported all Jerusalem and all the commanders and all the best soldiers, 10,000 captives, including all the craftsmen and metalsmiths. Except for the poorest people of the land, no one remained. Nebuchadnezzar deported Jehoiachin to Babylon. He took the king's mother, the king's wives, his officials, and the leading men of the land into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. King of Babylon brought captive into Babylon all 7,000 of the best soldiers and 1,000 craftsmen and metalsmiths, all strong and fit for war. And the king of Babylon made Mataniah, Jehoiachin's uncle, king in his place and changed his name to Zedekiah. Zedekiah was 21 years old when he became king, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Hamutal, daughter of Jeremiah. She was from Libna. Zedekiah did what was evil in the Lord's sight, just as Jehoiakim had done. Because of the Lord's anger, it came to the point in Jerusalem and Judah that he finally banished them from his presence. Then Zedekiah rebelled against the king of Babylon. First, get the order here. Zedekiah did what was evil. God said in the book of Genesis, my spirit will not always strive with man. There comes, there's a limit. There's a limit. There's, there's a time when God says this far and no farther. And he had come for Judah after all those days and after all those months and after all those kings and for all those dynasties and after all that killing and in, in, in some cases, all that revival and reformation and all that backsliding finally has come to this. They have rebelled. They've gone too far. He banished them from his presence. And then, and then, Zedekiah rebelled against the king of Babylon. Last chapter. We'll see what's going to happen now. Nothing good. Second Kings 25. In the ninth year of Zedekiah's reign, on the tenth day of the tenth month, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon advanced against Jerusalem with his entire army. They laid siege to the city and built a siege wall against it all around. The city was under siege until Zedek, King Zedekiah's eleventh year. By the ninth day of the fourth month, the famine was so severe in the city that the common people had no food. Then the city was broken into, and all the warriors fled at night by way of the city gate between the two walls near the king's garden, even though the Chaldeans surrounded the city. As the king made his way along the route to the Arabah, the Chaldean army pursued him and overtook him in the plains of Jericho. Zedekiah's entire army left him and scattered. The Chaldeans seized the king and brought him up to the king of Babylon at Riblah. They passed sentence on him. They slaughtered Zedekiah's sons before his eyes. Finally, the king of Babylon blinded Zedekiah, bound him in bronze chains, and took chains and took him to Babylon. On the seventh day of the fifth month, which was the nineteenth year of King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guards, a servant of the king of Babylon, entered Jerusalem. He burned the Lord's temple, the king's palace, and all the houses of Jerusalem. He burned down all the great houses. 
The whole Chaldean army with the captain of the guards tore down the walls surrounding Jerusalem. Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guards, deported the rest of the people who remained in the city, the deserters who defected to the king of Babylon and the rest of the population. But the captain of the guards left some of the poorest of the land to be vine dressers and farmers. Now the Chaldeans broke into pieces the bronze pillars of the Lord's temple, the water carts and the bronze basin, which were in the Lord's temple, and carried the bronze to Babylon. They also took the pots, shovels, wick trimmers, dishes, and all the bronze articles used in the priest's service. The captain of the guards took away the fire pans and sprinkling basins, whatever was gold or silver. As for the two pillars, the one basin and the water carts that Solomon had made for the Lord's temple, the weight of the bronze of all these articles was beyond measure. One pillar was 27 feet tall and had a bronze capital on top of it. The capital, encircled by grating and pomegranates and bronze, stood five feet high. The second pillar was the same with its own grating. The captain of the guards also took away Sariah, the chief priest, Zephaniah, the priest of the second rank, and the three doorkeepers. From the city, he took a court official who'd been appointed over the warriors, five trusted royal aides found in the city, the secretary of the commander of the army who had enlisted the people of the land for military duty, and 60 men from the common people who were found within the city. Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guards, took them and brought them to the king of Babylon at Riblah. The king of Babylon put them to death at Riblah in the land of Hamath. So, Judah went into exile from its land. King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon appointed Gedaliah, son of Ahikam, son of Shaphan. Over the rest of the people he left in the land of Judah, with all the commanders of the armies, they and their men, heard that the king of Babylon had appointed Gedaliah, they came to Gedaliah at Mizpah. The commanders included Ishmael, son of Nethaniah, Jonathan, son of Korea, Zariah, son of Tahanumeth, the Netophathite, and Jah. Jaazaniah, son of the Baakathite, they and their men. Gedaliah swore an oath to them and their men, assuring them, don't be afraid of the servants of the Chaldeans. Live in the land and serve the king of Babylon, and it will go well for you. In the seventh month, however, Ishmael, son of Nethaniah, son of Elishama, of the royal family, came with ten men and struck down Gedaliah, and he died. They also killed the Judeans and the Chaldeans who were with him at Mizpah. Then all the people from the youngest to the oldest and the commanders of the army left and went to Egypt, for they were afraid of the Chaldeans. On the 27th day of the 12th month of the 37th year of the exile of Judah's king Jehoiachin, in the year evil Merodach became king of Babylon, he pardoned king Jehoiachin of Judah and released him from prison. He spoke kindly to him and set his throne over the thrones of the kings who were with him in Babylon. So Jehoiachin changed his prison clothes, and he died regularly in the presence of the king of Babylon for the rest of his life. As for his allowance, a regular allowance was given to him by the king, a portion for each day for the rest of his life. Now, this last part is many, many years later in Babylon, just showing that when there was a new king, this evil Merodach, uh, he had mercy on Jehoiachin who had been in captivity for all those years and let him go from prison. So there's a, you know, there's a note of grace here at the end. All of this. Uh, where are we at the end of Second Kings? I mean, where are we in this whole story? Well, here's where we are. Uh, Josiah was a great king. Wow, what it, what, you're talking about revival. You know, Paul said in, 1 Thessalonians 1, talking about the Thessalonians who were idol worshippers, first century idol worshippers. He said, you how you turn to God 
from idols to serve the living and true God. You've got to turn to God away from your idols. That's what Josiah did. You know, I've told you before, you can't mess around about this. You can't sit on the fence forever. Josiah, what a man. I mean, grinding up those bones, killing those priests, tearing down those poles. This is a real revival. And God honored him and said, uh, you're going to go down to your grave and you won't see what I'm about to do. But then after him, several more kings, and then it was over. And Judah was out of the land. It has all happened. As God said, you, if you were with us a couple months ago, book of Deuteronomy, it happened exactly as God said. You keep my commandments and follow me with all your heart, you will be blessed beyond measure. But if you take me lightly, if you disobey, if you run after those foreign gods and the detestable practices of unbelievers of the surrounding nations, you will face certain judgment. And though it had taken a long time, judgment has come. We're going to find that there's more to this story. When we get to the end of Second Chronicles, there's more detail. When we get into the end of the book of Jeremiah, that's a ways down the road for us. But we're going to repeat this, the story of, uh, of Gedaliah and his assassination and these details. Jeremiah, who lived through this, he's going to give us more details. Just know this, that... Uh, um, God is going to keep his word to bless and to curse, to pardon and to judge. He is a promise-keeping God, and that's true for every promise he ever made. So we come to the end of Second Kings, and guess what? Come back tomorrow. It's the first day of June. We're going to start the Gospel of John. I can't wait. I love these historical books, but it'll be good to get into the Gospel of John and the story of Jesus. So I want you to go out and have a great day, a great day serving the Lord. Come back tomorrow. Let's jump into the Gospel of John together. God bless. See you then.